Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Oh, man, I'm all ready to go, Dan. Yeah, me too. And I, I've got to tell you, we're going to come out of the gates firing on all cylinders today because I am really, really growing uh, tired of being tired of the weak-kneed, phony, swamp-rat Republicans out there oh. who bail on this president every single time in a sick, pathetic, sad, sorry effort to ingratiate themselves to the swamp-rats in, in an effort of, of learned helplessness where they sit there like beaten dogs and they're like, please, please cater to us. What am I talking about? Um, I'll get to it in a second. Um, Joe sent me a cut this morning from Luis Gutierrez and the the, the, the disgusting, filthy, grotesque efforts by Democrats, the media, and these gutless losers in the Republican Party to uh, politicize what could be an epic human tragedy um, and deaths in Puerto Rico. It is so gross. And of course, you got people who have been castrated, uh, who just refuse to fight back and are just desperate to cater up to this crowd. I'm tired of it. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of it. All right. We're going to get to that in a second because this a lot of this broke right before we came on the air. Um, we got to pay for the show, though. Today's show uh, brought to you by our buddies at Quip. Hey, when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. I got to get a new one. I lost mine, and I'm devastated. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of time effortless. Your teeth will be pristine after this. This is one of my favorite new devices. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions to your mirror and unsticks so you can travel with it. Uh, it's a nice cover for your gym bag or your carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. You will never have a cleaner mouth than using Quip. I'm telling you, I love this thing. My daughter has one, too. Most toothbrushes don't, uh, most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Here's how. Quip starts at just $25. That's right. Just $25 starts. Starts at if you go to getquip.com. That's getquip.com slash Dan right now. Getquip.com slash Dan. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. All right. Um, yeah, this is out of control, folks. Out of control. So Joe sent me this cut this morning. This is... Uh, Luis Gutierrez, uh, who is a congressman from um, the the state of Illinois, just just listen. I, I mean, I can't even describe the, the psychopathological behavior in this thing. You have to listen to it yourself. You want to know what I fear? It's the calamity because of the lack of coordination of the government with the National Guard and with local government, the lack of responsiveness and preparedness of this government because the president, he wants to find out who is the one that wrote that op-ed piece uh, about the chaos in the White House because he wants the Justice Department. He is so consumed uh, by the the calamity that exists and the chaos that exists that he's not really prepared and focused because he spends every weekend golfing instead of preparing this is unreal folks this is unbelievable Dude. this is where we are as a country right now this guy is a lunatic he is a, a far left radical who again despite Ironically, Joe, he's attacking Donald Trump for, you know, quote unquote, not being prepared for this tragedy, despite yeah. the fact that he provides no evidence that that's actually true. Do you notice he doesn't actually say anything oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, evidentiary yeah. value at all? He doesn't say, no. well, FEMA is not on the ground because they are, that the National Guard and other, uh, well, the state level uh, entities, but that the federal government and military assets aren't working to help because they are. He doesn't say anything. He goes straight to the political attack because this is where we are right now with this deranged far left. Now, folks. This is driving me crazy because I am really getting burnt out on the fake phony rhino class. Donald Trump sends out this morning a tweet that is absolutely accurate. 
that 3,000 people did not, in fact, die during the hurricane in Puerto Rico. They, they died afterwards. Now, this is, let's be crystal clear on this, because this is where people have a difficult time understanding. A couple of points. Number one, this was an enormous, massive human tragedy in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Number two, are we interested in the facts anymore? Number three, why did this really, why are they putting this talking point out now? about deaths after a hurricane, not during a hurricane. The answer right now is obvious. The media, people like Luis Gutierrez, they are not interested in helping the situation on the ground in Puerto Rico, in North Carolina, in South Carolina. Listen to me. They're not interested. Stand up, folks, and stop falling into this sucker trap these media people sent for you. What do I mean by this? Trump sends out this tweet, which is accurate. He is clearly right now. Why are they relitigating Puerto Rico now? Have you even bothered to ask yourself this question, folks? Why in the middle of a a potential epic tragedy here in North Carolina and South Carolina? Have you seen what's going on right now? We're going to have a potential. I mean, listen, this is going to be bad. Hurricanes are really bad. We live through them down here in Florida all the time. Are they the end of the world? No. Do I believe in hyperbolic uh, overreactions to these things? No. Are they really bad? Yes. Listen to me. People are going to lose property. There's potential that some people tragically may lose their lives. These are very real. You ask anybody down here in Florida who went through Gene, who went through Wilma, went through Andrew, it was a life-defining experience. Do you understand? I did not go through those. Thank God. Some of my neighbors did. They will tell you about what happened to them, their house, their property, things they lost. A woman I know named Marion who lost basically her whole house right after they built it. These are real tragedies. This stuff really happened. It's not a joke. This is the time for the federal government, you would think people in the media and others, to get on board and try to help somehow, or at a minimum, Joe, at least just report the facts. So ask yourself, ask yourself this simple question, Joe, why are they relitigating Hurricane Maria right now when there's another hurricane barreling ashore to the Carolinas? Why are they doing that? They're doing it to damage Donald Trump. Folks, how many, let me ask you this question. How many detailed studies have you seen about post-hurricane deaths after a hurricane? In other words, they didn't happen during a hurricane because we know 3,000 people did not die during Hurricane Maria. Right. How many studies have you seen measuring the impact afterwards? Very few. Very few. Why are you seeing these numbers right now? 3,000 deaths after Puerto Rico. Listen, this is great. This is great that we can have this data to improve. I don't mean it's great that the, I mean, it's great that the studying this stuff. This is good and we should do this so we can study how to fix the disastrous response in Puerto Rico in the future. But you have to ask yourself, why are they putting these numbers out right now? They're putting these numbers out now to damage Trump before this hurricane even lands ashore to make sure the storyline sets in that he's an incompetent president. We need to know what happened in Puerto Rico. But the evidence that the logistical response by local government on the ground in Puerto Rico was entirely inaccurate is everywhere. Yet what's the media focusing on? Donald Trump, not Carmen Cruz, the San Juan mayor. Not the the governor or the locals in Puerto Rico. Ladies and gentlemen, I was on NRA TV yesterday and uh, producer Denise from NRA, producer Joe here, producer Denise there, Mm -hmm. was kind enough to put together a headline montage of all of the debacles on the ground afterwards that led to the horrible, horrific death of 2,970 plus people afterwards. This is an epic scale human tragedy. These people died. This isn't some talking point. But you have to ask yourself, why are they putting this out now when they haven't traditionally done this? They're putting it out now not to solve the problem like we're trying to do. Why was millions of bottles of water that FEMA, a federal government entity delivered to Puerto Rico, left on a runway to rot in the sun? Why was food being stolen? Why was food being left in warehouses for rats to eat? Why was equipment being hoarded and not used for rescue and response? Why was rebuilding equipment being hoarded in government facilities? Why was that happening? That's Donald Trump's fault? You want him to deliver this stuff himself? 
He can only, as the he's not a monarch. He can only order some kind of a federal response based on the assets he has at his disposal. They can't hand deliver every single thing. They're doing this now because these are sick people, folks. They don't care about these tragic deaths in Puerto Rico. They don't care about that at all. They care about a political narrative of Donald Trump. Folks, do you know how many people suffered in Hurricane Sandy when Barack Obama, uh, Tropical Storm Sandy, excuse me, it was a Superstorm Sandy, Mm -hmm. up in uh, the Northeast? My father lived through it. Do you know how long that went on, Mm. the gas lines? My father, his mother-in-law, my parents are divorced. His mother-in-law, who's since deceased, needed oxygen. They were running out of oxygen at one point. They couldn't find a hotel room. This was happening for everyone. Where was the where was the the, the widespread criticism of Barack Obama? I'm not suggesting they should have. By the way, let's be clear on this, Joe. Mm-hmm. Criticize. It's not Obama's job or the federal government to fix every local logistics problem on the ground. I'm not going to be a hypocrite on this, but I'm just saying if you're going to be consistent and every single problem that happened in Puerto Rico, despite billions billions of dollars in aid shipped to Puerto Rico. The known problems on the ground, hoarding of materials, theft of materials, the rotting of food supplies. If you're going to blame that on Trump, then it's only fair to blame the Superstorm Sandy disaster on Obama. The problem is, although it may be fair, it's not right. It's not right. And again, it speaks to the sick media narrative, the sick This is sick stuff that when a Democrat is in office, you will protect him at all costs or her. You will insulate him from any blame on anything. And when a Republican's in office, especially a Donald Trump type, that's not a swamp rat, you will do anything you can at the worst, most disgusting times when a hurricane's barreling ashore to create a new narrative. It's not about the facts. It's about a story. And the story is Donald Trump is incompetent and they will do anything they can to do this. And what's driving me wild, Joe, is you go to Twitter. And you see these fake conservatives, these phony rhino, pardon my French folks, ass-kissing losers on Twitter. Wow, that was an inopportune tweet. Why? Why? Donald Trump's not allowed to fight back. So let me get this straight. We're supposed to all accept the narrative now because the the hack media put it out, Joe. We're all supposed to accept this now, that Donald Trump is responsible for 3,000 deaths in Puerto Rico despite a massive federal response, and we're not supposed to say anything back at all because the media said it's true. You see all these whiny conservatives? Go to Twitter. I've been looking at them all morning. I had a totally different show planned, and then this came up, and Joe sent me that Gutierrez thing, and I've, I haven't been this fired no, up in a long no, time about this stuff because it's really, really disgusting. Listen to me. You fake conservative frauds out there. Man, Donald Trump stepped in it out. He didn't step in anything. You stepped in it. But do me a favor. Exit stage right on the movement. Just leave because you're a bunch of frauds. I know what you're looking to do. For those of you looking to get in this business, Joe Joe knows this because I talked to him off the air. And Joe can vouch for me on this. If you are looking to get in this business, this content creation space as a conservative or libertarian, whatever it is, you're looking to author content by writing. You're looking to put out audio content on a podcast. You have a radio show you want to start. You want to do videos, Facebook videos on conservative content. Let me warn you right now. Take notes and take this down and you will remember it later on. The minute you gain a following, a lot of these think tank losers who have never had real jobs, fake conservative authors who got their jobs because of daddy, like that 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 slob put Horitz over there, and half of these other idiots out there on Twitter, they will be the ones that will attack you as viciously, if not more viciously, than the left. Uh, mark my words. Joe, am I right or am I right? Count on it, bro. You're right. Count yeah. on it. Ask anyone in this movement who has gained any kind of a following. Listen, I'm not, folks, I'm not, the, uh, you know me. I don't do resume stuff. But I was a guy who spent 12 years in the Secret Service, four years with the NYPD. I started two businesses. I did two graduate degrees. I'm very proud of what I've done. Very proud. Ran for office three times, nearly won one, uh, wrote three best-selling books. Who cares? The point is, I worked really hard to get here. I put my name on a ballot. I campaigned. That's how I met Joe. 
I met him at a studio doing a radio interview when I was running for the U.S. Senate mm-hmm. and pulled off a huge upset winning the primary. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew me. We beat 10 other guys. I've established the bona fides to have a voice in this. You may not like my voice. That's fine. But these conservative losers, these they're not, they're fake conservatives. They will be the first ones to go after you. They, I bring this up, not to bring myself into this. I bring it up to describe to you how bad and organized this group of swamp rat losers is. You have to see this morning. Oh my gosh, Trump, he really stepped in it. He stepped in it. He is being de facto accused, Joe, of snuffing out the lives of 3,000 Puerto Ricans despite an overwhelming federal government response and hard evidence, hard evidence on the ground, hard evidence, headlines, reports that the locals in Puerto Rico, the San Juan mayor, Carmen Cruz, the governor, that the local power companies, that the locals screwed this up. And you're accusing this guy of snuffing out the lives of 3,000 Puerto Ricans? These are Americans, too. You're accusing him of snuffing at us, and he's supposed to sit back there and take it, and you cowardly dogs, you learned helpless dogs, just sit there. He really stepped in it now. What a bunch of spineless losers. Listen, this president is not perfect. Of course not. He's far from it. I have been absolutely crystal clear on my objections to some of these policies, tariffs and other ones. If you're a listener to the show, you know that. They're all there for you to listen. We don't delete shows, even when we screw stuff up. Mm -hmm. We we just correct it later. Mm -hmm. Folks, this is nonsense. These these conserved, these fake conservatives out there, look up Seligman's study on learn helplessness. You will understand exactly what I'm talking about. How if you were to, uh, when they, it's a horrible study, but what they used to do on animal testing, it's the back in the day before the ethics of it were challenged, thankfully so, where they would shock these animals and they would not let them get away. It was horrible. I'm not suggesting we should redo this. I'm just saying the research is out there. And what happens eventually, these animals stop trying to get away because they learn to be helpless. That's what learned helplessness is. Right. They learn to be helpless because they can't escape it. This is what happened with this class of non-warrior, fake conservative, fraud, jellyfish, spineless losers. Is they're so used to being beat down by the media over and over again that even when they know that this Puerto Rico story, however tragic it is, and it is. They know, they absolutely know from experience that this is being put out there now to pin the deaths of 3,000 people on Donald Trump disingenuously. And you'll have these cowards who will fall right in the trap. And instinctively, instead of going after the media that's doing it, they'll go after people who are putting out, they'll go after Trump himself. Oh, Trump, he shouldn't be tweeting that now. He shouldn't be tweeting that now. Oh, man. Maybe the media shouldn't be trying to pin 3,000 deaths on him right before a hurricane comes ashore. Did you ever think of that? You learned helpless dogs? I'm seeing one of them now, this Noah Rothman goof who tweets me all the time. He's on Fox now. Another, another goofball. Suckers. Swamp suckers. All of them. You know, I spoke to someone recently. I'm not going to say who brought up this. Talking about another prominent conservative out there. Always, always eager to attack Trump in scenarios just like this. Where the media, let me be clear what I'm talking about. The media puts out a false narrative. Not a false fact, Mm -hmm. a false narrative. Mm -hmm. 3,000 people did die after uh, after Hurricane Maria. That's not the question. The question is, was it the fault of the hurricane? Was it the fault of the federal government response? Joe, that's the question. Got it. Yeah. The answer the media puts out in a false narrative is that that's Donald Trump's fault. The Washington Post op-ed story even blamed this coming hurricane on Trump, saying he's, quote, complicit. Instead of challenging that narrative, instead of challenging that narrative and saying, wait, time out. The fake commentariat class, the Podhoritz, Rothman people, and other folks like that, what they've done in the past is they'll go after Trump because they're so used to being learned helpless, to, to this falling into this learned helplessness category that they immediately have to, because they have to lick the boots. They have to lick the boots of the D.C. swamp class to appear serious, Joe. That in order for them to appear serious, they have to... In, right away go to attacking Trump without analyzing and saying to themselves, wait, is this in fact right? 
Is this story being linked to Donald Trump an accurate narrative or is this narrative false and being done to set up Trump before this other dreadful hurricane hits uh, comes ashore? Is this being used to set him up to make him look incompetent? And therefore, it's a political narrative and not fact-based journalism. Boom! They don't ask any of that because they are so, they grovel. They need the scraps from the table. They sit there and suckle. These guys are grifters. They are total grifters in every respect. This is what they do. This is all they do. They know that they can cater up and, and kiss the collective asses of the respected commentary class who've been wrong about just about everything. They want to kiss the ass of that commentariat class. So they say, well, what do I do? Well, we got to attack Trump because everybody said it's the cool thing to do. It reminds me of these dorks on the playground growing up, trying to kiss the butts of the jocks to try to pretend like they were the cool and athletic type when they couldn't even throw a football. This is who these losers are. They are losers. Folks, you listen to me. I'm going to leave it at this because I really, I do have a lot to cover today. Mm. You have to toughen up. I'm not lecturing anybody, but I sent out a tweet yesterday. One of the greatest things you can do to increase the likelihood of happiness in your life. Happiness, remember, as, as um, the author of The Natural uh, put in his book, Malamud, which is one of the greatest quotes ever. True happiness will only be found through suffering. We all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. You have to suffer a little bit. And I promise you, you will find true happiness. I'm not I'm trying to be like your preacher here. I'm just saying there is no shallow happiness is not happiness at all. It's fake. The only way you'll understand what true happiness is, is by taking on a little suffering and taking on this fight. We have to toughen up, toughen up big time. And we have to learn to Fight these people at every opportunity because the social pressure now on Twitter amongst the commentariat ass-kissing bootlicking crowd, and I'm talking about on our side, is, man, you better pile on Donald Trump right now. What a poorly timed tweet. No, no. It's time for us to pile on these idiots. These idiots. You'll see it. I can t- I can start naming names. And I don't know what they've tweeted about this, but I can tell you in the past, my history with Rothman, with Podhoritz, with some of these other dorks out there, on our, supposedly on our side, is they're wrong about everything. They have minimal followings at best. And they hate anyone who doesn't tote the ass-kissing swamp rat line. Anyone. Because they want to seem like the serious ones, despite the fact when you hear them talk, they're wrong about just about everything all the time. We have to toughen up, folks. Stop falling prey to the social media mob. I tweeted that out yesterday. That's what I was going to say. Let me finish my thought. I tweeted out yesterday, one of the best things you can do to increase the quality of your life is learning to ignore the social media mob. Sorry, I didn't finish that thought. Learn to ignore the social media mob. Learn to ignore what I'm not saying don't, when you would disagree with Donald Trump, by the way, don't say it. We're not golden calf worshipers. And nothing bothers me more, by the way, when I get an email from someone who blindly follows Trump or anyone else. Right. Hey, you're wrong about that. Meanwhile, what I said was factually correct. What I'm suggesting to you is this president is right a lot more often than he's wrong. And the commentariat class wants to socially pressure you through their these cowards, these chumps, these can't throw a football, wannabe dorks on the playground, are so desperate to you to join the cool kids that they're trying to pressure you to attack Trump too. Forget it. Don't fall prey to it. Learn to ignore the social media mob and fight back. It will dramatically improve the quality of your life. You will suffer a little bit in the short run, but in the long run, you'll at least know you stood for something. These guys are fakes. They are total frauds. They know damn well what happened in Puerto Rico. They know damn well that was a local response disaster. They know darn well that that electric grid was collapsing based on horrendous mismanagement. They know darn well that that water sat there on the runway. They know darn well that those food supplies were being eaten by rats. They've read the headlines about people stealing relief supplies, hoarding them. But it's in their interest to save their butts, to save their butts by pretending to play both sides. Let me just I'm sorry. I, there's a couple of thoughts I didn't finish and I don't like when I don't do that. But I'm just obviously uh, 
quite upset about what's going on right now because I live in a hurricane zone. Instead of talking about helping the people of Carolinas, we're talking about a media narrative about how Donald Trump killed 3,000 people in Puerto Rico. And the commentary class on our side are a bunch of uh, buffoons. I, I mentioned before, a person I spoke to brought up a great point. He said that a lot of these prominent conservative critics, Joe, mm-hmm. that they think what they're doing is they think they already believe the Trump presidency is going to be a failure because they don't understand Trump. They don't understand the people who voted for him. These are people who have existed in think tanks. These are people who have never had real jobs, many of them. Um, these are people who've existed solely in politics. So what do you have, Joe? You get like a, you know, a David Jolly type, this, 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 uh, this, this discredited politician down here in Florida who finds like all he needs is a pathway. So his pathway he sees, cause he was a, you know, he was a Republican in name only. He sees his pathway as attacking Trump. So what they do is they think it's going to be a failure. So what they want to do is they want to play both sides. They don't want to give up their grifter game, right? Their grifter game is this. They know that Trump has a good body of support across America. Mm-hmm. 35, 40% of the electorate who supports either strongly or even softly this president. They know that. Now, Joe, you're in this business here and on terrestrial radio. Yeah. So well, you've probably seen this. Although your hosts are pretty pro-Trump guys, but I'm not knocking them. But so what's happening, folks, is they don't want to lose the money they get because they're grifters. From their audience. Am I wrong, Joe? No, so what do they wrong. do? They yeah. try to play both sides. Yeah. They come out and they're like, oh, well, you know, Trump's not so bad. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, they ignore the fact that not only is he not so bad, he's been terrific. Right. Tax cuts, the regulatory form. They just don't like his personality. New rules. Don't care at all about his personality. They ignore all of that because they're grifters. So they don't want to give up on the Trump audience. So they, 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 they play both sides because they yeah. don't have principles. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's okay. He's okay. And then the minute something goes wrong and Trump sends a tweet that's perfectly within his right to do so, to fight back against a false narrative that he killed 3,000 Puerto Ricans, they sense an opening, Joe. And although they want to hold on to it, they want to also make sure later on when they're sure that the Trump presidency has failed because they don't believe in any of this at all, they can say, hey, look, look at me on the record in the past criticizing him for all this other stuff. Folks, make no mistake. That is exactly what's happening. There you go. You got it. These are grifters who are not willing to sacrifice their audience at all because they want the money. Folks, I've had jobs. I've invested. I don't need any of this anymore. I live a quite frugal lifestyle in a normal neighborhood. You know, I'm my life is A-OK. I am here because I want to be here, and I've never said anything on this show I'm not willing to back up, and I've never said anything on this show to worship the golden calf of any politician, Trump included. I don't know what you're getting anywhere else, but I'm telling you on a large swath of those shows, these fake phonies out there, that they play both sides of the fence. I know it. I know it because I know the people that deal with some of them. They say they can't. Oh, you know, they def- they defend Trump to not lose the money, but they really quietly hate this guy, want him to fail. They know he's going to fail. And every opportunity they can to take what they're telling you is a principal stance. It's not. It's their principles, which are money. They attack him at every opportunity to later go back when this presidency, when they think it fails, to say, oh, look, man, I wasn't, a, I wasn't knee deep in the Trump wave. Look at me, man. Look at me. Listen, you know exactly who I'm talking about. A lot of you do. And a lot of you work in this space, know people in your space who do exactly that. There is no need for blind allegiance to this president. None. Nobody should ever do golden calf stuff. Mm-mm. But this relentless effort like we saw today to attack this president when he simply is attacking back a disingenuous, horrendous narrative that he is somehow responsible despite an overwhelming effort to avoid catastrophe in Puerto Rico for the deaths of 3,000 Puerto Ricans. And your first instinct is to go after the president for fighting back? No, that's not principled. You're just a big wuss, man. You're the chump in the schoolyard who can't throw a football. You are a dork. I'm sorry. You're trying to play the cool kids. 
Uh, it's just, it's so pathetic. It is. It's, I, I can't believe it. I'm on Twitter and I cannot believe the, the, the just bankrupt intellectual stupidity every day from these desperate, and some of the, one more thing, folks, some of these, these people, these kids, these like, listen, God bless you for being involved, but some of these fake little rhino kids, they're like 18 years old. They write for these blogs that have like 10 viewers and they're the first ones like, this is some crazy stuff right here from Trump. What a dude, what do you know? I'm sorry. What you, I'm not. Listen, I love when I was 18, I was very involved in politics, but I didn't. What do you know? You're a, listen, maybe sit back and learn a little bit. Take the cotton out of your ears and jam it in your mouth. What do you know at 18 years old, 1920, writing about Trump? What do you know? Are you serious? I'm, I'm not knocking anybody that age. You can change the world too, and I'm glad you get involved. Some of these ki- some of these kids go overseas and take a bullet for us in our military. I'm simply suggesting that maybe you should acknowledge what you don't know. Joe, how old are you? Oh, 60 plus. I'm I'm 43 years old. Joe looks damn good for. I've only asked him that a thousand times because he looks. I'm serious. He looks so young. I've I been forget. mummified. Yeah. Joe, mm. can you? I mean, seriously, mm. do, do, how? If there was a body of knowledge, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that every day, like if there was, say, the body of knowledge was a pool filled with 100 gallons, mm-hmm. how many gallons of that body of knowledge do you feel you have? I, I'll tell you, I, I probably have about one. That's it, <laughs> you, And you got more than I do, brother. If, yeah, you do. We learn something new every, every day. Every day. Every, I'm 43. Mm-hmm. I've been through multiple careers, runs yeah. for office, book writing, the Secret Service, three presidents. Folks, the, I, I talk about what I know on this show and what I can prove. Yeah, every day. You get it, these 18-year-old kids on Twitter writing for these dopey blogs. Oh, Trump, man, you know, what a real loser. He did it. Dude, what do you know? They haven't had a cup full. You haven't had a, you haven't had a cup of coffee right. in life yet. You haven't been out there. Go mop a floor. Have you had a kid fall and scrape his knee out of take to the doctor yet? Have you had a kid, God forbid, come down with a serious illness? Have you watched your kid finish last in some kind of swimming race and cry on your shoulder? Have you had a job where your boss brings you in the office and tells you, that really sucked. Do that over right now. And you walk out and you're like a broken man for like a half an hour. Like, what just happened in there? Have you ever had to miss a mortgage payment because you were running for office and had to explain to your wife that there's no money left? Have you ever had to do that if the answer is no to those questions maybe you should sit down and shut up for a little while i'm just saying one particular snot nose bothered me like crazy today that's why i bring that up maybe dial it back a bit and and eat an ounce of the humility cake it tastes good (sighs) all right we gotta move on because i got a lot (laughs) i haven't seen you like this for a long time dude no, it's Joe. That it's match, ridiculous. You sent me that cut this morning, and I'm like yeah. with Gutierrez, and I just can't believe it. I just can't imagine mm. in the Secret Service, in that job I was in, mm. I can't imagine if the, we were in a real crisis situation. I can think of one in Kingston, Jamaica, where it was real. Like, we were, we were going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. We were a few minutes if we didn't do... I can't imagine... Not actually solving the problem. We were in an alleyway with a bunch of people with machetes with a protectee. And we had nowhere to go. Thank God we had an armored car and got the hell out of there when we did. But the boss was a smart guy. And he didn't sit there and go, ah, there are people with machetes. Ah, what do you think we should do here? He was a tough guy who made a tough decision with a protectee who didn't want to leave. We threw her in the car and we got the hell out of Dodge. And luckily we got out of there with with our scalps together. I can't imagine in the Secret Service ignoring the problem to focus on complaints about people who highlight the problem. Donald Trump highlights a problem in his tweet. I did not kill 3,000 people in Puerto Rico, you idiots, right? So he highlights this problem in this tweet. And instead of us saying, you know what, that's a problem. This media narrative is interjecting itself into what should be a disaster response right now. I can't imagine in the Secret Service, a guy says, hey, listen, um, Joe, Air Force One's about to land, and they have they have two blown engines. Oh, um, really? Let's see. Let's chat about that. Okay, sit down, guys. Let's play a little Parcheesi for you. Don't do this. Is what the, this is what the commentariat class does? They focus on the deliverer of the bad news to kiss up to the swamp class. It's pathetic. It's pathetic, and it's sickening. I cannot imagine this in my prior line of work. 
If you complain for a second, they'd be like, is your job done? Did you secure the site? Tactical, medical, chem bio, IED, airborne, fire response. Do we have chem lights? Do you have an emergency path, an alternate motorcade route? No, no, I, I want to just sit here and complain a little bit about the messenger. Shut up and get back at your job. And they would, you'd be humiliated for being an idiot. Mm-hmm. I am really, really tired of the fake swamp rat commentary class. I'm telling you, go to Twitter and look at the fraud conservatives who are more upset at Trump for fighting a false narrative than they are at the media for suggesting Trump killed 3,000 people while a hurricane's barreling down in Carolina. (laughs) Idiots. Darn right, Joe. Need a little break there all right today's show brought to you by our buddies at filter by a new study just came out of china it discovered that air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence this is in addition to the well-known impacts on your physical health high pollution levels lead to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic the average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education that's bad obviously now we know what is going on at the Department of Justice. They never change the air filters over there. you got to love filter by. They write this stuff themselves. This is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. So do the smart thing. Go to filterby.com. That's filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 different sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working class Americans. They manufacture all their filters right here in the great old U.S. of A. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement, so you'll never forget to change your filters ever again. Filter by will save you time. They'll save you money. You'll breathe better. And apparently you'll become more intelligent in the process. So stop procrastinating. That's filterby.com, filterbuy.com, filterby.com. Tell them Dan sent you. They write their own ads. We love filter by, and I appreciate all the extraordinary feedback I get on filter by. They're very, very good. Their customer service is top notch. So thank you very much. Um, okay. What else do we have? Uh, should we go with Google? Yeah. You know what? Let's go with the Google stuff because this is really damaging and it's been hot on the minds of my audience uh, and I understand why. Folks, listen, Tucker Carlson has been all over this on Fox. We are going through. uh, There's no question out there. The question I'm going to pose to you is how to solve this problem, not that the problem exists. And the problem is this. The tech tyranny, as Tucker calls it, and he's right. We have these tech companies out there, Google, um, YouTube, um, email companies, Facebook, Twitter, that are unquestionably far left-leaning companies that are having a deep impact on our society in what is the new public space of ideas. The public space right now is not the outdoor town square where everybody would get together and scream and yell about their politics and go home and have dinner and maybe repeat, wash, rinse, repeat the next day. Mm -hmm. The new town square are these social media platforms where people exchange ideas. I am not I am not denying the fact that the suppression of conservative thought on these platforms is a very big deal. It is a huge, enormous problem. I have simply suggested in the past, and I'm disagreeing with a lot of my conservatives, but again, I'm here to tell you the truth, not to BS you. You're, You're free to disagree, but that's what makes the show a healthy exchange of ideas here. I don't think government interference is the path here. I think this is exactly what the Democrats want. I think whenever you introduce government, you introduce problems. Government will always have a liberal bias and we will have essentially a fairness doctrine for the internet, which would be a disaster. You would see sites like Breitbart and others, Conservative Review, who would possibly have to put rebuttal articles to any of their articles they put out there that are fact-checked, quote, um, this could be a real problem in the future. Now, there's a caveat to that. The caveat to that is when it comes to electioneering, that is a different ball of wax. When it comes to election messaging, we absolutely have to have a set of government standards in place so that conservative and Republican candidates are not banned from Google. Um, now, now, this would be would be against uh, certain FEC violations now. But ladies and gentlemen, it's getting worse. We're having kind of this soft suppression, in some cases, hard suppression of conservative candidates and conservative ideas. When it comes to electioneering, these companies absolutely have to be able to have to have to not be able to have to abide by the law. And it's becoming clearer by the day that they are circumventing the law by engaging in things like get out the vote efforts when they know those get out the vote efforts are targeted at specific Democrat communities. Now, Breitbart got an exclusive piece of audio from a post-Trump election, Trump-Clinton election when Trump won, a post-election conference they had with their employees, Googlers or whatever they call them, 
Joe, just play a quick one minute of this and you'll see how radically far left this company is. I know this is probably not the most joyous uh, TJF we have had. Most uh, people here are... Uh pretty upset and pretty sad because of the election. I'm glad uh, we're getting together uh, at a moment like this. And I think it's a very stressful time. It's been an extraordinarily stressful time, I'm sure, for uh, many of you. There is a lot of fear within Google. I'm seeing Googlers who are full of fear. There are people who are very afraid. They're full of fear about the future. They're full of fear about what the uncertainty means for them and their families. It's uncertain for many of us here, um, you know, especially immigrants or minorities, uh, women. Women, blacks, you know, people who are afraid based on religion, the LGBTQ community. Well, I would just advise us all to be calm. You know, there's a GCOM place on, that you can go to and just take a, take a breath. Healing is a process, it does take time. As an immigrant and a refugee, I certainly find this election uh, deeply offensive. What? Fear? You find it offensive as an immigrant? What, what did you find offensive? What was offensive about the American people exercising their right to vote when you're the most powerful search engine uh, in the history of humankind? Not hyperbole, by the way. Mm-hmm. What's so offensive? Do you think these are appropriate comments? Now, at your kitchen table, Joe, fair game. Obviously, I am an avid supporter of the First Amendment. Full stop. But as a corporate entity responsible for the largest amount of search engine optimization, search engine queries in the entire world, you think maybe it not be a good idea for you to get up in front of your employees in a TGIF session or whatever the hell you do over there and start talking about how awful the election results the American people chose were? Did anybody who thought this was a good idea at Google? Folks, again, I do not support government intervention in google's business model if i i know that bothers some of you i and i appreciate your emails i read them i'm thankful for them and we have to we we're free to disagree some of you are clamoring for government intervention here i think it is an enormously bad idea don't they have that duck duck go now and you're already seeing other people come in who are not discriminating against political content and conservative content who are trying to combat this google nonsense going on right Mm -hmm. now I believe in the free market approach. Having said that, when it comes to elections, folks, that is entirely different. If the federal government can't guarantee that the new public space is free for both parties to compete in in those ideas, and Google is going to, after an election, profess to its employees that the results are offensive, that they're in fear, that this is a stressful time. Stressful for what? Maybe it's stressful for you. Maybe some employees in there. Now, folks, why is this a big deal, though? Think about it. If you're an employee in Google, Joe, and you're listening to this in the audience, Mm -hmm. is it not now crystal clear where your management that's going to pay you and promote you stands on the political aisle? Joe, is there any guesswork after listening to that? (laughs) Zero. Zero. I'm making the okay sign, zero, which idiots think is a, the white power sign after even more idiots <laughs> pointed this Xena bash out for the. I'm serious. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sitting here making the okay sign. I'm actually stopping myself because I'm like, gosh, if we were on video right now, I'd have some delirious idiot on the left say we were making a white power sign falling for a 4chan hoax. Folks, it is out of control. But on the FEC front, Someone at the FEC, they have to, someone, if this comes up that Google was involved in any kind of soft campaign donation to either side, whether it was get out the vote efforts, which are not illegal, but get out the vote partisan efforts would absolutely be against the rules if that was not, in fact, declared as some kind of a campaign donation. This is the kind of stuff that has to absolutely be enforced. Electioneering should be fair and square. We're not going to have a constitutional republic anymore. This kind of stuff is out of bounds. Now, there's another story. Joe, don't let me forget to bring up my story, too, because I I try not to interject myself in this, but I want to tell you what's going on with us, too. All right. Because we took a little bit of hit in our numbers, and something's going on with us, too. I want to tell you what's happening out there. But, so just to be clear what I'm saying, I do not support any interventions in their business model. If Google wants to be jerks and discriminate against conservative content, we should all not use Google. Like I said, there are other alternatives coming out there now. I, I cannot, I, I will not change my mind on that because the government, whenever we interject the government, it always ends up badly for conservatives. Always. always. Every time. The government will never default in our direction. 
But on the election front, the FEC has got to get involved here. And if it is election-related content, electioneering, or messaging content paid for by people who are using this for political messaging, this should be free and fair forums. Now, what happened with Twitter? Twitter rejected an ad for the Center for Immigration Studies. I don't know if you saw this story, Joe, for including the term illegal alien in the tweet. Are you kidding? They called it uh, a hateful content or hate language. What? That's a legal term. If you are an alien in this country, an alien, a legal term, meaning not a legal resident of the United States, and you are here illegally, illegal alien is a legal term. This is, again... An effort by leftists at Twitter, another left-leaning company, to redefine the language, to declare people who use legal terminology bigots just because they say so, not because they're actually bigots. This is what they do. I've talked about the redefinition of language in the past, how the left constantly changes the rules on language. Why? I've used this in terms of their when they refer to people in the LGBT community. They will constantly change acceptable terminology, what it is and what it isn't. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it because they believe people are inherently have anything wrong or have any negative feelings towards people in the LGBT community. They do it because it's a cynical strategy, because if you don't use the right term because they change it like that, Mm -hmm. they want to call you a bigot. Why? Because they want people not to vote for you. This is what they do. They're doing this now with the term illegal alien, which is an appropriate legal term. They're doing this now. Twitter. Well, we're not going to let you use that term. Now, this is a paid ad. This is what would happen now. The reason I bring this up in terms of electioneering, I did not. And Google, which is clearly fell on one side of the political spectrum. There are now credible allegations that they may have been involved in a get out of vote scheme, specifically targeting Democrats, even though they didn't say that. But I think people knew. Now we have with this uh, with the, with this illegal alien thing with Twitter. Joe, what if you're a conservative running in California or elsewhere and you have a problem with illegal immigration and you put illegal alien in one of your uh, campaign speeches? Are you going to be banned from Twitter, too? Mm-hmm. Folks, it's a serious question. Mm-hmm. These are real questions. Again, I'm a free marketeer and a capitalist. Make no mistake. But when it comes to electioneering and free and fair elections, you seem so eager to blame the Russians for election interference, but you're fine with tech companies absolutely openly interfering with elections themselves. If I were to, I'm not running for office again. Let me be clear on that. But if I were, and I wanted to put out an ad on Twitter, Joe, mm-hmm. talking about the immigration problem, illegal aliens in the tweet, is that banned too? How are you not interfering with elections? Is you not banning the term trying to make me out to be something I'm not some kind of xenophobe just by banning the term and making us look bad? Is that not electioneering? Are you not engaged in electioneering yourself? These are serious questions. This isn't a joke. Mm. Folks, the FEC was going to have to get involved in this eventually. This has gotten entirely out of control. Google is free to give any speech it wants. But the fact that Google... And this get out the vote campaign, if this was in any way and there's any evidence whatsoever, this was designed to benefit one party, then this is a big, big no-no. And the FEC has got to start looking into this. You should not be getting involved in elections. I'm not, again, uh, for the 10,000th time, I'm not suggesting we. To, they want to discriminate against conservative content, kick people off, do what you want. I am not, uh, I, I don't believe that the government has any role in that. But on elections, it is totally and completely different. You cannot have one side running for office, show that is systematically kicked off Twitter, kicked off Google, banned from Google, Facebook spam, their email lists are spam. We cannot have that. There would be an information asymmetry that would unquestionably alter the tide of American politics. Now, folks, this is ha- the reason I'm fired up about a lot of this stuff today, too, is this has been happening to us increasingly more and more and more. Okay. I don't like to whine about my stuff on the air mm-hmm. um, because just because I just feel like it, people do that to get sympathy. And I'm not looking for anybody's sympathy. I'm like I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm fine. I've got backup plans for everything. I need you to do me some favors, though. If you would be so kind. Up to you. I'm no pressure, but I'm asking you humbly to do us some favors. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
uh, YouTube.com, I think it's slash, slash Dan Bungie. It'll be, you'll see it, all our libraries up there. Please subscribe to our email list. We don't buy emails. We don't. Our email list is growing. Please visit Bongino.com. I'll tell you in a second while I'm bringing this up. It'll make sense. This is not just an ask for the sake of asking, okay? I never make this part of the show. It's always the end roll portion of the show. Folks, we're being hit on all fronts. Um, Joe releases the show no later than 1230 Eastern Time noon. A lot of you wait for the show on my email list. I'm asking you to please subscribe to my email list. I'll tell you why in a second. But if you want to listen to the show, you don't have to wait. You can go to Bongino.com and my wife after she gets the embed code from Joe, puts it up at no later than 1230. It is there for you. Please listen to the show. Someone spammed our email list. Um, They stole our email thing. It's a complicated story, but we do not sell your email. Uh, We do not. Now, we put a banner at the top of her. We do not sell your email. We do not buy email lists. Ladies and gentlemen, you can take this to the bank. We do not buy email lists. Our emails and you subscribing to our emails is you doing it on your own volition. We do not spam anyone. We send out an email every weekday, just one. Somebody basically attacked our system. And a lot of you have been emailing me and saying, well, Dan, I'm not getting your emails. They're going to my spam. We're trying to clear up the problem now. It's costing my wife an inordinate amount of time. Our numbers went down, not a lot, but enough that it made an impact on our show. And I believe it's because people were not getting our daily show. Mm. That's why I'm asking you to voluntarily please subscribe to my email list because your voluntary subscriptions help our open rate go up when you open our emails, which gives us a counter argument to these companies that are suggesting we spam people because we had someone infiltrate our system. I know it's a little complicated. That's one attack. The YouTube account. Subscribe to the YouTube. Please listen to the videos if you can. If not, listen on iTunes. I don't care where you listen, really. Um, But at least subscribe to our YouTube account. Our YouTube account every day gets flagged. Why does it get flagged? Folks, there's no explanation they've ever given us. The only thing that makes sense is it's a conservative podcast. They get flagged every day. If you're listening on YouTube, this this video is maybe 50-60% of them get flagged. So we can't pay for them. This stuff costs money to put out there. Our Facebook videos, when I, that's why I stopped doing Facebook Live. I'll maybe start doing them again in the future, but I stopped putting them out. Why? Our Facebook videos were getting spam. This is spam on your Facebook. We were banned from running ads on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't even... This is not a controversial show. We do facts here. It may be emotional. It may be passionate, but we do facts and data here. It's a very reasoned show. We back up our sourcing with show notes every day. Twitter banned us from running ads for, quote, inappropriate content, which is total crap. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I'm just trying to tell you this show is under just constant assault, folks. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I've been a pretty vocal, strong Trump supporter, and people just don't like that. I have no other reasonable explanation. I'm not trying to be anybody's martyr. My life is great. I'm not anybody's victim. I'm a fighter. I relish a good fight, but I can't get in this fight without you. That's my ask to help us fight back. Please sign up from our email list and open them. It helps our open rate, and it helps us make the case despite these constant attacks. We are not a spam account. Please sign up for our YouTube. Just It's all free. Subscribe to it. Please follow us on Twitter. Please visit the website at Bongino.com. Read the debunk this stuff. It helps a lot. I really need your help, folks. I'm, I'm, it's just, this has been going on. Joe knows about it. It's been going on for months now mm-hmm. with the YouTube, with the constant, constant delisting and, and the attack on our, our campaign, um, excuse me, our, uh, our, our email account. It's just nonstop. And I need your help to get past it. So I really appreciate it. So, um, all right. I got a couple more things uh, to get to. Um, I had a new sponsor, folks. These guys are really cool, by the way. I don't know about you, but Joe, do you have a tough time buying uh, uh, jeans? Yeah, I do. I have the worst time Man. ever. Um, I squat a lot <laughs> in the gym, so I have enormous legs. And uh, I said to the lady in the, in the, in the phone, I was talking to Martin Bow, I said, I have a a big caboose too <laughs> so i can never get the right jeans it's the worst they said we got you covered buddy mott and bow jeans they weren't kidding they sent me a pair great fit first time 
best looking jeans out there. These are quality jeans that look great, they fit great, and they feel great. But they used to cost you hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Martin Bow has permanently changed the game with $200 designer jeans for half the price. Do you see these designer jeans out there now? Some of these things are so ridiculously overpriced. Martin Bow said, no, no, no. We'll give you that look. We'll give you the best quality. We're going to cut that price. We're not doing $200 there. So introducing MartinBow.com where you can get the most comfortable premium jeans you will ever wear for half of what you pay elsewhere. For AG or 7Gs. These are really, really nice looking. I'm big. I love jeans. That's all I wear. They are luxury jeans for 100 bucks, and you can get them at mottenbow.com. They're the most comfortable because they use the best in comfort technology. Put them on, they feel like you're wearing uh, it, like those, those, uh, those silk sheets on your legs. They're incredible. Oh. They have dynamic stretch, which I need because I big in the upper uh, yeah, back yeah. quarter <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any easy diplomatic way to say that. <laughs> They're premium because they only source their denim from two of the most well-respected denim mills in the world. To make sure your jeans fit you perfectly, they have an at-home try-on program. Request a second pair with your order, try on both, keep one, send the other one back with a prepaid label, no problem at all. Then you have to go to the store. Who's better than you? Folks, these are wonderful-looking jeans. They're my new go-tos. They are $200 designer jeans for half the price. Plus, they have a September savings event, meaning you'll save 20% on everything at Mott and Bow. That's M-O-T-T and Bow.com slash Dan. That's Mott, M-O-T-T and Bow, B-O-W, dot com slash Dan for 20% off everything. It's only for the month of September. Mott and Bow.com slash Dan. Mott, M-O-T-T and Bow.com slash Dan. Save 20% during the September savings event. Check them out. They are really, really awesome. Okay. Um. Another area that's kind of been irking me a little bit is this constant, constant uh, need for phonies on the left to claim credit for the Trump economy. It's uh, frankly pretty sickening. Um, I'm getting tired of it. So I have an interesting article in the show notes today, a couple of them actually, on the economy. One of them by Stephen Moore um, at the New York Post, which talks about a a statistic you need to know and you need to understand. Because there's a myth here, folks. And you know, sometimes I get really wonky with the economic data and I miss the forest for the trees. I want to give you the number one key takeaway talking point. For your Democrat liberal friends, when they try to suggest to you that Obama handed Donald Trump a motor, an economy that was firing on all cylinders. Ladies and gentlemen, the facts do not agree with that at all. Here is the most important takeaway, and Stephen Moore talks about this in this piece, and we should never forget this. Folks, he handed him a 1.6% growth rate, Barack Obama, in his last year. That was Barack Obama's last year in office. That is not in dispute. No one's questioning that statistic. The growth rate, how we measure Growth, unsurprisingly, the gross domestic product, the the rate of growth was 1.6%. Donald Trump over the last 18 months has nearly doubled that at a 3% growth rate. Now, what makes this even worse? So that number, I want you to keep that number always in your head. Because if he handed him off a motoring economy, how come the economy he handed off to him's growth rate is now twice as much than what Obama handed Trump? These are very simple, basic, elegant questions that your friends should be able to answer if their facts are in fact true. They are not. They will avoid the question completely and duck it. Now, I bring that up because Obama had said repeatedly that a lot of these jobs and a lot of these and his economic advisors, including Larry Summers, had said repeatedly when they left office that you'd need a magic wand to quote Obama to bring these jobs back. Mm-hmm. And Larry Summers is on the record saying that 2% growth would be the best Donald Trump would do. So not only is it objectionable, folks, that Barack Obama handed Donald Trump a 1.6% growth rate and is claiming credit for the 3% growth rate since he's left office. Not only is that objectionable, what's even worse is Obama himself and his economic advisors said it wouldn't happen. So somehow taking credit now after he leaves office for something he didn't do, number one, and number two said would never happen is so entirely disingenuous. It it defies it defies simple logic, simple logic. Think about what I'm telling you. Obama himself said, oh, we'd have to wave a magic wand to get these manufacturing jobs back. There's been a manufacturing job resurgence. Obama's economic advisor, Larry Summers, said 2%. That's the best we can do. That's all we're going to get to. That is not, in fact, what happened. Obama handed him a 1.6% growth rate, and Donald Trump over the last 18 months has nearly doubled it. These are simple facts, folks. None of this is complicated. All right. Um, 
one more story. I have a couple more. I'm going to have to get to some of it tomorrow. Right. This really was packed up. The opening of the show was important and had to be done. I'm just tired of those people. I don't see confrontation, but when you bring it, I'm going to fight back. Mm-hmm. Folks, I have an article up from uh, that covers Adam Schiff. Uh, Adam Schiff, Schiff Day. Yo, Schiff Day. We haven't got it out in a while. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> we haven't got that in a while either. <laughs> Our buddy Schiff, he's back in the news Ew. again. Uh, I just want to humbly again ask you to please, please go out and vote. Folks, Schiff, you read the article in the Washington Examiner in the show notes, Bungino.com. Schiff is already saying, Joe, that if they take over, he's indicating exactly what these Democrats are going to do in the House of Representatives. The next attack, they're moving up. Listen, trust me on this. Take this to the bank. Cash this check. The Democrats know the collusion narrative is a total loser. Mm-hmm. They are completely red. In a, it is a loser. There's nothing there. They know that. Read the article. What's Schiff's next line of attack, Joe? Now we're going to investigate the Trump organization for money laundering. Now, keep in mind, this is just completely fabricated, exactly like collusion mm-hmm. was. But I'm telling you, if you fail to vote and you allow tyrants like Adam Schiff who fabricate these charges out of nowhere to take over these congressional committees. This is exactly what you're going to see. Endless investigations into Trump, Joe. It is never, ever going to stop when this money laundering, air quotes, turns out to be a nothing burger. They'll start something else. It's never going to stop. Please, the elections in, what, 50 days or so? Get out and vote. These guys, you cannot let them take over these committees. It will be a epic disaster. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, uh, you know, apologies for the harsh tone in the beginning, but, you know, we got to take the gloves off, man. This is new rules time. This is not the time to back down and let the commentariat class take over the country and watch it all fall apart. No, not on our watch, all right? I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.